What if fear and guilt were no longer part of our parenting equation and we could support our children from a place of security, confidence, and genuine peace? What if instead of feeling like an outlier without a compass, we had the comfort and collective strength of a supportive community? What if we could feel empowered, informed, and inspired to be in choice with every aspect of parenting and educating our child? I believe everything would change. And I believe it's possible. Welcome to the Tilt Parenting Podcast, a podcast featuring interviews and conversations aimed at inspiring, informing, and supporting parents raising differently wired kids. I'm your host, Debbie Reber, and today's episode is a little different from the kinds of shows I usually produce. On the Tilt Parenting website, one of the first things I launched with back in April was what I called the Tilt Manifesto, which is an in-depth look at our vision for a more positive, more inclusive, and more all-around awesome experience for parents raising differently wired kids, as well as our ideas for how we can get there together. The manifesto is kind of a long read, and though I get emails almost daily from people who've read the manifesto and found it totally resonated with them and helped them feel not only less alone, but more inspired, I know that there are many parents who haven't had an opportunity to go through it because, well, life and time and life. So a close friend recently suggested I create a podcast episode where I actually read the manifesto for listeners, and I thought that was a great idea. So that's what I'm doing today. If you haven't had a chance to read the manifesto, or if you have read it but could use a refresher or a burst of inspiration, I invite you to have a listen. Because in the Tilt Manifesto, I not only share my personal story of how I shifted my experience raising Asher from one where I felt overwhelmingly frustrated and stressed and isolated, to one where I feel acceptance and optimism and possibility, But I lay out 10 ideas for things parents of differently wired kids, you and I, can start doing today to shift the parenting paradigm to one that embraces our kids and our experience in raising them. As always, thank you for listening to the Tilt Parenting Podcast. To learn more about Tilt, visit www.tiltparenting.com. And now, here is the Tilt Manifesto. Right now... At this very moment, millions of children are growing up in a world that doesn't respect, support, or embrace who they inherently are. That's because millions of children today are neurologically atypical, or what I like to call differently wired, and the world just isn't ready to accommodate their unique way of moving through life. According to a March 2015 article in Psychology Today by John Elder Robinson, Studies suggest that 20% of high school students are in some way neurodiverse. That makes neurodiversity in total more common than being six feet tall or having red hair. 20% of today's kids. 20% struggling to fit in at school and society because their neurological differences, whether it's ADHD or anxiety or giftedness or Asperger's or sensory issues or dyslexia or OCD and so on, are treated like deficits, inconveniences, things that need to be fixed, instead of part of the essential fabric that comprises these creative, complicated, awesome beings. If you're listening to this, my hunch is you know exactly what I'm talking about. You yourself are raising a child who is in some way differently wired. I am too. And I'm on a mission to change the experience we as parents have in raising these kids so that they can go through their lives and interact with the world around them in a way that will help them thrive. 
The big picture vision for Tilt is to foster a generous online community where parents raising atypical kids can tap into resources that will help them feel informed, inspired, optimistic, and supported. In this Tilt Manifesto, I share my personal story of raising a differently wired kid and lay out my ideas for the Tilt Revolution, a plan for how we can create a new parenting paradigm, one that embraces difference and uniqueness in children, says no to fear and guilt and isolation, and celebrates and supports our kids and us in our experience. I hope you'll listen, and more than that, I hope you'll join me. When our son came into the world 11 years ago, we set off on the same journey many new families do. We had the parenting books, the baby carrier, the freshly painted nursery, gifted copies of Goodnight Moon, the snowy day, and the giving tree, and a healthy dose of cluelessness blended with a trace of confidence. My husband Darren and I knew it would be challenging, but we were determined to rock the hell out of the whole parenting thing. We knew early on that we had what some books referred to as a quote-unquote spirited child. As it turns out, Asher was colicky from day one. Nothing could settle him, his sleep patterns were hellish, and he generally seemed, for lack of a better description, pissed off. I imagined he was an old soul, annoyed for having been thrust back into such a useless tiny body and into a life where he'd have to wait a good long time to get to the juicy stuff. We survived year one, grateful for relief from the colic and ready for things to get a little easier. But instead, things stayed hard, just in new and different ways. The kid was intense, stubborn, sensitive to loud sounds, fairly accident-prone, and also delightful and fascinating and super chatty. By his second birthday, our little guy was regularly turning heads, both with his ridiculous vocabulary and his apocalyptic conniptions. Anyone who spent any time with Asher couldn't help but notice that he talked in complex sentences pretty much nonstop, and the tantrums? They just seemed somehow bigger than typical toddler fare. When other parents witnessed an Asher tantrum go down, I would see shock and awe in their eyes. We began to ask ourselves, is there something going on here? At his three-year checkup, Asher was precocious and pleasant, showing off his self-taught ability to read, which delighted our pediatrician. But he's really intense and strong-willed, I explained. Is that normal? The seasoned doctor assured me it was and sent us on our way with a, everything looks fine to me. Still, it didn't feel fine. Notes home from preschool teachers about problems in class, on the playground, with other kids, and with authority were becoming a regular occurrence. Tried and true strategies used by experienced educators were proving futile when it came to my kid. Darren and I didn't know what to think. Was there something going on with him or not? Were we overbearing, paranoid parents with ridiculous behavioral expectations, or were we in denial of something everyone around us already knew? For the next four years, we scrambled to find a school fit, to find answers, to keep our relationship intact, to survive the daily onslaught of difficult behavior. We endured lengthy waiting lists for evaluations, forked over money we didn't necessarily have for assessments and skeptically listened to specialists lay out their various, sometimes conflicting, diagnoses of things like sensory processing disorder, giftedness, ADHD, pervasive developmental disorder not otherwise specified, asynchronous development, and even Asperger's. I thought labels would be helpful, but instead they left us more confused than ever. 
nothing seemed to truly fit. And the therapist's professional opinions didn't actually solve anything. I kept searching for some kind of quick fix, but we eventually realized we were headed down a road for which there was no map. Though I'm a resourceful person and a researcher at heart, I was floundering. Where was the community of families like us? The concrete strategies, the path. And why did my husband and I constantly feel like we were the only parents struggling with these issues? I won't mince words. Primary school was a bit of a nightmare. We plowed through three schools in three years. And though we piled on support in the form of a social skills group, a cognitive therapist, and an ABA therapist, we saw little in the way of improvement. The emails from the teachers, oh, the emails, the calls for early pickups, the meetings with principals, the meltdowns, the regressions, we just couldn't seem to catch a break. For my part, my job as a writer and consultant was being replaced by a new role in which I spent countless hours advocating for Asher, carting him to appointments, attending meetings with teachers, explaining his behavior to others, and having to drop work at a moment's notice because of a situation at school, all while struggling with a fierce sense of personal incompetence, guilt, and failure. Frankly, we were lost. What I really wanted to know... How the hell we'd become members of this club anyway, the club housing emotionally tapped parents and the kids' schools referred to as challenging. I mean, I really wanted out of the club. I most definitely wanted to be in the other club, the one my friends were in, the one for parents whose kids could go to art camp, birthday parties, and playdates without worry of a phone call for an early pickup because, well, it's just not working out. I wanted someone, anyone, to tell me exactly how to fit my square peg of a kid into the round hole. Whatever it took, I would do it. By the time we wrapped up second grade, our family was in full-fledged crisis mode. Traditional school, even in a public gifted program with a decent IEP, a patient principal, and a committed teacher, wasn't really working. Asher was bored and disruptive most of the time, sneak reading his Kindle at his desk, belligerently boycotting assignments he didn't see the value in, and launching a side business selling origami Pikachus, which led to a rival company forming and sparking an all-out corporate classroom war. I also came to realize my son was perpetually anxious. His poor little fingernails and the skin around them were gnawed into oblivion. At home, his intensity meant living in what sometimes felt like a war zone. Explosions were big, frequent, and unpredictable. Something had to give. We knew Asher deserved more than being shoved into a system that wasn't designed for him. By continuing on this path, we knew our actions, or perhaps inaction, would likely lead to even more dysregulation, anxiety, insecurity, bullying, and challenges for our family. We were tired of feeling like our options were limited, like we couldn't be in choice about what our life looked like since we were so busy reacting to the crap storm of our daily existence. It was time to craft our own playbook. This year I've been working on becoming more attuned to my body, and so I'm starting to really recognize how periodic spikes in anxiety or disruptions to my routines can seriously throw my whole system off. And as I've been traveling a ton this past month, which is both disruptive and somewhat stressful, I'm especially glad that I have the extra support of Symbiotic Plus, 
a three-in-one supplement from Ritual with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Symbiotic Plus provides fuel to the cells that make up the gut lining to support a healthy gut barrier. And it comes in this very cool minty delayed release capsule, which was specifically designed to help survive the harsh conditions of the upper GI tract for delivery to the colon. The bonus is that the capsules don't need to be refrigerated, so I can easily bring them with me in my carry-on. On a personal level, I love that Ritual is committed to sustainability. They're a female-founded B Corp, meaning they are holding themselves accountable long-term to not only think about their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash tilt. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash tilt for 25% off. So in our house these days, Darren and I have been working together to up-level our nutrition and healthy lifestyle habits. Maybe it's our age, our changing bodies, my shifting hormones, whatever the reason, I'm here for it. And that's why I'm loving Green Chef, a meal company that makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. Green Chef offers gut-friendly recipes each week and is committed to providing a holistic approach to nutrition by offering meals that contribute to the overall well-being of your entire body. Darren and I are particularly big fans of their nutrient-dense, science-backed gut and brain health recipes, developed in partnership with registered dietitians that improve digestion, reduce bloat, and also boost energy and immunity. This week's favorites, turkey, black bean, and sweet potato chili, and the Baja chicken bowls with mango salsa. I mean, don't those sound delicious? But if that's not your thing, you can choose from a variety of customized meals to suit your lifestyles with preferences like keto, vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, gluten-free, and protein-packed. Whatever you choose, you'll get farm-fresh ingredients, organic whole fruits and veggies, and premium proteins, along with chef-crafted, nutritionist-approved recipes delivered straight to your door. Go to greenchef.com slash 60tilt and use code 60tilt to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's 60% off plus 20% off your next two months when you use the code 60tilt at greenchef.com slash 60tilt. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. We decided to stop trying to fit Asher into the round hole of what existed and instead asked ourselves the question, what would best serve and support Asher in tapping into his unique strengths? Around the same time, Darren was offered a job in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. We leapt at the opportunity to move abroad. By saying yes to the move, we were very clearly saying no to what hadn't been working. By breaking out of our routine and stuckness, we could do what we should have done all along, toss out everything we thought we knew about parenting and education, and forge our own path. We knew that this meant homeschooling Asher. There's no other way to say it. Those first six months in our new life sucked. Adjusting to Dutch culture and a new language was nothing compared with trying to become fluent in Asher. Luckily, I had two lifelines. My close friend and educator, Alison Bauer, who served as my soundboard and curriculum advisor, frequently helping me make sense out of my crazy, and parenting coach, Margaret Webb, who showed me how I could take care of my needs while still supporting Asher in his. Allison and Margaret helped me embrace the messiness of parenting unique kids. They encouraged me to get comfortable being uncomfortable. They reminded me to breathe. 
The most important thing I learned in those first few months, besides how to cycle through a bustling city with a 50-pound kid on the back of my bike, was that my biggest source of conflict was my relationship with myself. More specifically, my thinking about what my life as a mom should look like. That realization was a biggie, because once I figured that out, I could surrender to what momhood actually did look like for me, and who our child was, and what his life could look like. It was only after I started the hard work of surrendering to what was that my energy began to shift, and more remarkably, and I'm sure as a direct result, Asher's did too. Don't get me wrong, even as things were improving, I still struggled. A lot. Mostly with things like jealousy of my friends raising quote-unquote normal kids or panic over what the future would look like. I also struggled with truly accepting that we weren't screwing up Asher if his childhood looked different from that of his peers. Still, there was no denying that this forging of our own path, this questioning everything approach, was working. Because Asher, he was thriving. The kid was happy, joyful, light. He loved school. And his anxiety was gone. I'm talking, I had to cut his fingernails. Rejecting the current parenting paradigm, the same one that forms the foundation for most everything today's parents accept is true about raising children, isn't easy. Because it's a paradigm that runs rampant in nearly every school in every town of every state. It's a paradigm that embraces sameness, fitting in, and conformity. It encourages labeling differences, prescribing medications, and implementing quick fixes for any way of being that appears to be outside the norm. It thrives on guilt-mongering. It leads with headlines like, 10 ways you're already screwing up your child. It's a paradigm that's suspicious of anyone who chooses to forge their own path. Truth? The current parenting paradigm is outdated and broken. It doesn't even come close to serving the millions of parents raising children who are wired differently. Hell, it doesn't even serve those raising neurotypical kids. Today, Asher is anxiety-free. His tantrums a rare occurrence. Over time, he's become more and more present, and with presence has come connection and growth. And because he's no longer in chronic fight-or-flight mode, because he is able to just be the awesome human being he is without being told he's bad or screwing up or doing it wrong, his beautiful qualities like empathy and compassion and a dogged desire to stand up against inequality are flourishing. He's secure and confident, and it has been the most incredible thing to witness. So what made the difference? Was it expanding his diet to include freshly made Stroopwafels and Stampot? Holland? Homeschooling? Sure, these are all aspects of his life today. But the real key is this. I let go of control of what other people thought of my child or my parenting of what the future should look like. I tilted my perspective and started truly living in the now, noticing the gifts that are here every single day. It was scary at first, but damn if it hasn't paid off. And here's the thing. You can do this too. We all can. Every one of us has what it takes to become fluent in our children's unique language so they can thrive. I've talked with enough parents to know my story isn't even close to unique. I know parents like me are literally everywhere, 
all moving through the unmarked journey in their own way, coming to terms with unexpected detours and roadblocks that have emerged in the path they assumed they'd be on when they first brought their children into the world. Though our individual experiences are different, we share many commonalities. On the outside, our kids might look like any other kid. They go to school and do things like play soccer, take dance classes, spend hours watching YouTubers and building intricate worlds on Minecraft. But because of the way they're wired, day-to-day life is a little tougher. On the inside, our kids are often having a hard time. Since our kids can often pass as typical kids, it's not always easy for teachers, other parents, and sometimes even our own families and parents to recognize, acknowledge, or respect what is especially hard for them or what we're experiencing in raising them. But as parents, we're often struggling too, sometimes a lot. We might be struggling because we can't get through a week without an email or call from a concerned or frustrated teacher, or because the looks we get from parents when our children behave inappropriately make us feel judged. We might be struggling because people think twice about inviting our kid to their child's birthday party, or because we can't always send our kid to a play date without first prepping the family about our child's triggers and coping strategies. We might be struggling because our marriages are hurting as we sometimes feel conflicted with our partner over what our child needs and how to make it happen. We're often struggling because we're feeling alone in what we're going through, which is ironic considering our kids are in every single classroom. And while we're on the subject of education, finding schools where our children can learn in a way that is positive and natural to them is incredibly difficult, not to mention often financially or geographically prohibitive. I know these struggles. I know how overwhelming it can be to feel like it will always be difficult, that there's no way through it, that there's no light at the end of the tunnel. I know that like me, you want your child to thrive, to be accepted, to be seen by the world for the brilliant, amazing little person he or she is. Maybe you feel like I used to on a daily basis, exhausted, isolated, scared, and misunderstood, desperate for some sort of instruction manual to guide you in making the right choices, backed by a guarantee that it's all going to be okay in the end. But I don't believe there is any one way to be okay or normal in today's world. If anything, our uniquely wired children with their sensitivities and gifts are the new normal. So I have something I'd like you to think about. Imagine what would happen for us, for our families, and for the world if instead of our children's differences being treated as flaws in need of fixing, they were appreciated, embraced, even celebrated. Think about it. What if fear and guilt were no longer part of our parenting equation and we could support our children from a place of security, confidence, and genuine peace? What if instead of feeling like an outlier without a compass, we had the comfort and collective strength of a supportive community? What if we could feel empowered, informed, and inspired to be in choice with every aspect of parenting and educating our child? I believe everything would change. And I believe it's possible. It's what can happen when we connect with each other, trust our instincts, question everything we thought we knew was true about raising kids, and relentlessly surrender into the wonder of who our unique children are. Listen, I know this isn't easy stuff. I know that sometimes you might wish you could wave a magic wand and suddenly be a member of the other club, the one full of neurotypical families, the one whose manual is so much more straightforward. 
And I also realize there are many people outside of our experience, from educators to parents of neurologically typical kids, who might be afraid of accepting a new definition of normal because it would mean they would have to question and reject a status quo that for the most part works for them. But I'm here to say it's possible. And if we're willing to own and give a voice to our experience, compassionately educate others and stand up for what we and our family need from a place of strength, confidence, and peace, the whole damn outdated, ineffective, intolerant parenting paradigm, the one society and the traditional educational system has supported for decades, is going to come tumbling down. So, now that we know the what, the big question becomes, how? I don't have all the answers for making this happen, but I do know this. It begins with us. In order to take the lead in shifting this paradigm, parents like you and me have some work to do. We've got to stop trying to transfer out of the atypical club and instead embrace our glorious, messy, extraordinary lives. Here are 10 things we can start doing right now to pave the way for something new. 10 tilts to shift the game. Number one, connect. Because we can't do this alone. We need to support each other in tangible ways. We need to reach out when we need help. We have to be willing to lift up those who are new to the club. Number two, open up. Because we can't do this if we're all caught up in our own private struggles. We have to be willing to honestly share what's real in our world. Number three, let go of what everyone else thinks about how we parent our child, of the vision we had for the way this parenting thing was going to look, of the belief that we can control the outcome on any given day. Number four, speak up for our child, for our family, for the cause. There's no shame in who our child is, no secret to be kept by hiding the reality about the way they're wired. When we give a voice to our experiences, Others will have to listen and change their way of thinking. Number five, question everything. There is no one way this parenting journey has to look for any of us, and especially those of us raising children with neurological differences. Every aspect of what we thought we knew about raising kids has to be up for consideration. Number six, be brave. Doing whatever is necessary to support our child takes guts. People around us will question our choices, doubt our chances of success, and judge our willingness to take a different path. We have to be willing to ditch the fear and lean into our courage. Number seven, be relentless. Finding the schools, resources, and people who will see our child and help them reach their potential won't be easy. But the more of us who refuse to accept half-assed solutions, the more necessary it will be for the current parenting paradigm to shift. Number eight, show up. We're going to have good days and bad days. We're going to have days where we have the patience of Gandhi and others where we just can't hold it together. That's okay. The most important thing is that we're committed to showing up for our child, for our family, and for ourselves every single day. Number nine, choose. To learn more about ourselves, to learn more about our child's unique needs, to fight the good fight, to be a better person as a result of who our child is. Number 10, parent in the now. Focusing on the now lets us be present for the good stuff. Yes, the bad stuff too, but that just makes the good stuff all the better. 
Parenting in the now removes the what-ifs of future spiraling. It keeps us in the only place where we can affect the most positive impact on our child and ourselves, the present. It helps us notice and embrace the gifts. It's time for the paradigm to change. It's time our culture of parenting shifts to one that embraces differences and uniqueness in children, rejects fear and guilt-based parenting, and supports parents like us raising atypical kids so we can parent from a place of confidence, feel connected and supported, and have options for accessing an education that supports our child's way of being. This is my vision, and I launched Tilt to help this vision become a reality. I have big ideas for what this revolution will look like down the road, but for now, I'm starting with one simple question. Are you in? As I said, I don't have all the answers for how to shift the outdated paradigm, but I am committed to doing what it takes to find them and pour all my energy into making it happen. And I can't do it alone. I'm asking you to raise your hand and join me because the change has to start with us. One beautiful, unique, kick-ass family at a time, led by parents who know our kids deserve to live in a world that celebrates who they are so they can get on with the business of leading creative, connected, and crazy awesome lives. I'm proud to be a member of the club made up of parents raising a generation of differently wired kids. Are you? The kind of change we're looking for is going to take a lot of us, but I believe we can do it. I hope you do too. You've been listening to the Tilt Parenting Podcast. For the show notes for this episode, visit tiltparenting.com slash podcast and search for this conversation. If you like what you heard on today's episode, I would be grateful if you could take a minute to head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a rating or a review. Thank you so much for helping us stay visible so people who would benefit from the show can easily find it. If you want to support the show and help me cover the cost of production, please consider joining my Patreon campaign. To support the show, just visit patreon.com slash Tilt Parenting. Lastly, if you aren't already part of the online community at Tilt, I invite you to sign up at tiltparenting.com on the box in the bottom where it says join the revolution. Every Thursday, I send out a short email with a quick note from me, a link to that week's podcast episode, and links to five stories from the news that week that are relevant to parents like us. Again, you can sign up and learn more about Tilt at www.tiltparenting.com. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts.